Wow, awesome. Thank you so much. And uh, hey, grab your seats. It's so uh, such a privilege to be with you. Such an absolute honour to share. And uh, I really want to um, honour Schaefer and Jess, your pastors. I've just been inspired seeing them lead. We've had a kind of connection to them uh, in our church in uh, Junlap over many years because they were um, at the Ocean Church Albany originally. Then they went over, uh, over east and then God called them back to the promised land and they came back here and they started this location. And so we've kind of had this connection really from when they were youth leaders in, in, in Albany. So it's been an absolute honour and a privilege to see what God's doing in and through them. And I really want to honour them because it is a big deal to pioneer something. You know, it's a whole deal to pioneer something. When you cut something out from nothing, you know, and when they came to Perth, pioneered this location, you know, I was inspired to see what's happening. Just two and a half years, incredible, incredible. So I want to encourage you, don't take this for granted. Don't get familiar about this. This isn't normal. What's happening here is supernatural, you know. And then when, yeah, come on. And then when God added in, you know, the location in Albany 2, I was just like, wow. God is upon this couple, God is upon this church, and so we've been cheering you on, we are so excited about it, but I really honour your senior leaders, and I encourage you, get behind them, get behind them, what they're carrying is not easy, multi-site church is not easy, we do that, it's challenging, you know, and we have a massive team to do that, so I really want to uh, honour them and really um, lift them up before you say, hey, get behind them, hey. So it's a real privilege to be here and to... um, speak to you and so as was said I'm in I'm based in Perth but I get the privilege to work with our churches in Hamburg in Germany and Lusaka in Zambia and we're just trying to kick off Melbourne we picked a, a lockdown season to do that of COVID so maybe we weren't in the will of God but you can you can take that with him but uh, yeah we we you know we're we're, we're we're having a go for Jesus you know and uh, and another thing that's been a real um, privilege for me has been so my background is that before I came to Jesus I was a heroin addict so I was a rock bottom heroin addict you know and uh, 25 I was in a mental hospital in the UK and I was at the end of my road you know and I was in there thinking man I can't live clean you know I just I could, I, I could get off of heroin I just couldn't stay off of heroin you know and I was thinking to myself, man I could I can't live clean I can't keep living using you know so really Suicide is the only option for me. You know, it's very interesting because a breakdown or what looks like a breakdown is often a breakthrough. And that's why I loved what Pastor Schaefer was saying when he was saying, hey, if you're taking on this year of leadership, you know, to come into your academy, that actually there's going to be many hurdles and challenges and he's dead right. And so often a breakthrough looks like a breakdown. And I was really at the end of my road, you know, thinking I can't keep on with life and planning my suicide. And into that mental hospital where I was doing the detox came this chaplain, you know, and he was nothing like me. He was about 500 years old, you know, and uh, he had a white collar on, you know, and, uh, you know, and he spoke frightfully nicely, you know, and he sat down in front of this bunch of alcoholics and addicts detoxing, most of which weren't, weren't looking at him, you know, they were turning away. This is when you could smoke in mental institutions, so we're all smoking, ignoring him. This is, you know, 22 years ago. But he told the story, a story out of the Bible called The Prodigal Son. As he told the story, something outside of me happened, something in, in my spirit connected to the story, you know, and I thought, man, maybe I'm the son in the story, you know? And then afterwards, he said, hey, if anyone's interested in what I say, come and speak to me. And I made sure no one was looking because you have a lot of, you know, a lot of respect to uphold, you know, when you're a broken down drug addict, right? You know, I don't want anyone to see I'm talking to this person, you know, so I made sure no one was around that would have spoke to him. And such a humble man. I remember he said to me, hey, why don't you get on your knees tonight before you go to bed? And why don't you pray, hey, God, if you're real, 
show yourself to me. So wise. Never told me to go to church. Didn't give me a Bible. Said, hey, why don't you pray? And I remember I got on my knees. And I didn't know if I was praying to Jesus, Muhammad, Buddha. I had no clue. I just said, Jesus, if you're real, show yourself. And you know what? Prayed that prayer. The next day, I'm in this mental hospital. There's a guy in there playing pool. And these two really hot girls came to visit him. And I'm thinking, this doesn't make sense. These girls should not be with this guy. And I found out they were two Christians from a church that he just started going to. And I thought, I need to become a Christian. <laughs> God uses all things, you know. You know, I, God uses all things. I left that, I left that, 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 that that um, mental hospital and I got to go to this rehab and I went to the rehab, I shared a room with a guy, his name was Gary and I said to him, man, you know, I've been thinking about Jesus and all this stuff and he goes, mate, I'll tell you all about Jesus, he goes, I'll tell you the gospel, I was like, okay, cool, I said, are you a Christian? He goes, nah, my mummy's. And so then he starts telling me this whole story. Jesus can forgive your sins. Jesus can wash you clean. Jesus can set you free. He died on the cross for all the things you did. So he lays out the gospel for me, you know, but never led me in the prayer because he wasn't actually a Christian himself. And a couple of weeks later, the two of us knelt down with a pastor that we met and prayed a prayer, gave life to Jesus. Come on. Come on. And so God began to, you know, work in my life, right? God began to change me and, and shape me, you know, bit by bit bit by bit, you know, and the compulsion to use left when I gave my life to Jesus, but the choice to use was still there, you know, and for me, I kind of, from that day forward, I was able to break free from drugs, but you know what, I also had a sex addiction that was kind of rolling on there, man, that was harder to break, you know, I found it harder to give up pornography than I did to give up heroin, that's the reality, you know, and so I had to go on a journey of healing, you know, with that, but I fast forward from there to here, which is eight years ago, no, 13 years ago, felt a call of God to come to Perth. We thought we were going to plant a church, but we visited Global Heart Church, and God said, no, you're supposed to be here, serve the senior pastors here. So me and my wife came in, got behind Pastor Jerry and Sue, served them. You know, now we've been on this roller coaster of, you know, that was one church then, we're now four locations, you know. And then we, a few years ago now, Pastor Jerry said, hey, I really feel like Pastor Jerry's dad was, a, was an alcoholic. So he grew up in an alcoholic home, and I grew up in an abusive, challenging home as well with alcoholism and other addictions running their course and he said I really feel God's put it on my heart that I'm supposed to do something even though my dad kind of trashed my life you know this is Pastor Jerry speaking he says I really feel we need to do something for alcoholics and addicts you know and so we started this um, place called Tenacious House you know a residential program uh, for men that would help men but actually would help the whole family you know and so it's been a crazy journey we started that five years ago didn't know what we were doing you know we're now an accredited uh, organization you know we, we've got all of our Winard accreditation other things we've, we're fully compliant all the government regulations and you know we're providing some of the best in sector care you know it's incredible it's incredible we've got an incredible a team of clinical clinicians and all kinds of other people and what's happening is that guys come in there really at the end of the road like I was you know and they basically begin the journey of getting restored and this is for Everyone, people don't need to be you know, Christian or have any kind of faith to come. It's for anyone and everyone. We'll work with everyone. But then part of the program is that they have an opportunity to come to church and also to go to Narcotics Anonymous. And what you find is 99.9% .9 make a decision for Jesus. Come on. It's so cool. It's so cool. And so, you know, I've been able to have this great privilege to be a part of these things. But it's come out of a decision to surrender my life before Jesus. You know, that all of... All of that's happened in my life. My life would have been over, but God touched it, and it's crazy what happens, hey? But I'd love to just show you um, a story, if I can. I just want to show you a short testimony from a guy who came through the program. Want to hear it? Yeah. Okay, check it out.
Um, my life was very chaotic. And I had no purpose in life where I tried to commit suicide twice. Part of drugs, the lifestyle of a very dark, horrible life. It just consisted of a lot of drugs, a lot of trauma, disconnected from the world that I had. My family knew I was at last, my last straw. That's where I became to know Tenacious House. I was admitted within a week later. Um, Tenacious House has helped me by uh, where a lot of one-on-one -on -one counselling took place, um, a lot of one-on-one -on -one therapy, a lot of group activities, um, and learning on how to control and how to actually change your, your way of thinking and change the way you live by and forming a foundation to go about general day-to-day -day life. And having a strong foundation is what Tenacious House has given me today. Coming to through Tenacious House, um, I volunteered at a place called Second Bite, which Second Bite is a non-for-profit organisation that supplies food to the homeless and less fortunate. I started off volunteering at Second Bite and now I'm able to have a casual job where I'm able to give food back to the community and help people grow as well as also giving back to Tenacious House. I got baptised through Global Heart Church. I'm glad to have Jesus in my life today. With um, family, it's also given me a better connection with my daughter as I'm a father figure to her now. It's given me a new purpose to be a better father for my daughter, as well as be a better son for my family. You know, my mum and dad, um, they went through a lot, you know, and my family mean the world to me now. Giving that lifestyle up and coming to Tenacious House and Global Heart has given me not only my immediate family, it's given me a church family and helped me grow. If it wasn't for Tenacious House and Global Heart, I wouldn't be here today. I'd be either in jail, institution, or dead. Tenacious House and Global Heart have given me that new purpose to live today and be a good member of society as well as helping back in the community. Good. How good. God's so good, hey. God's so good. I'm trying not to cry, you know, as I hear that story, because God's so good. And you know what he wants to do? He wants to reach out to you. I want to do two things. One, I want to just read it. I feel like there's a bit of a prophetic word upon the church. Now, I'm not a, I don't normally do this. Like, I wouldn't, I'm not the prophetic guy, right? But this just came to me. So you need to wait. It could have been too much cheese that night or whatever. But, uh, but, uh, but I think it's God. And so I want to encourage you, you wait, your senior pastor's wait. But here you go, I'm going to read to you from the, the scripture. And then what we'll do is we'll break it down and apply it kind of to our lives. So Deuteronomy 9, 1 to 4, it says this. The very day, this very day, you are crossing the Jordan to enter the land and oust nations that are much bigger and stronger than you are. 
You're going to find huge cities with sky-high fortress walls and gigantic people, descendants of the Anakites. You've heard all about them. You've heard the saying, no one can stand against an Anakite. And here's what I felt God was saying uh, for your church, for this church. That he's saying that you're going to take cities and human hearts that are fortified. Actually, God's t- called you to penetrate into areas and into people, individuals that other people can't reach. That there's people that you're going to be effective with that others wouldn't be able to, and areas that your churches are going to reach into that others can't. And that you're the only enemy to you is fear. You know, because it's interesting how God says, you're going to cross the Jordan, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. And then it says, oh, but have you heard about the Anakites? No one can defeat an Anakite, you know. And so I sense that there's some people thinking, oh, you know, I'm not enough or um, I'm not ready to carry responsibility. I'm not ready to lead. Like a lot of people get freaked out by the word leader. You know, I love the fact that it's called a leadership academy. You know, I love that. Because what we're saying this is, hey, God's calling a whole bunch of people to take some responsibility. You know, so maybe remove the word leader and have the word responsibility, right? But I believe there's a whole bunch of people here and in your location in Albany that God is saying, hey, now's the time for you to begin to step forward. For some of you, you're ready to go. For other people, you're ready to start the journey of being ready to go, you know? But I want to encourage you, do not listen to the talk that says I'm not needed here. I remember I came into Global Heart Church, this is 13 years ago, you know, I'm, I'm much more rough and ready, you know, fresh out of drugs than I am now. You know, I was already a decade on the journey, but I was not as, you know, clean cut as I am now, right? So I come into Global Heart Church and I look around and I think, wow, this is awesome, right? And I'm thinking we're going to plant a church in Perth. And then I thought, man, I love this church. And I met a guy we are going to plant a church. And he said to me, look, I don't know if you're supposed to plant a church. I think you're probably supposed to be at that global heart because you talk about it all the time. And I said, yeah, but they don't need me there, right? Because I'm thinking these people got it together, you know. Then I went to the church the next week and someone came up to me in the church and said, I just feel I've got a word of God for you. And I believe God would say this, there's a place for you here. I don't know what it is, but there's a big vision here and there's a place for you if you want to take your place, you know, and I was like, oh gosh, maybe God's speaking, you know, and that was the beginning of me approaching Pasha and Sue, making that our church, and, you know, and everything's unfolded from there, so I want to encourage you, do not disqualify yourself, God wants to do great things through this church, through this growing family of churches, and so be open to that, and just finally, I'll say this, it says, the next verse is this, today know this, God, your God is crossing the river ahead of you, He's a consuming fire and he will destroy the nations. He will put them under your power. You will oust them and very quickly wipe them out just as God promised he would. So it's saying, hey, God's going to be with you. But it's saying this, hey, remember, God's going to do this. God's gonna... So actually, when we say, hey, I'm willing to take responsibility, we're not actually saying, I'm someone. Here's what we're saying, hey, God in me is someone. You know what I'm saying? And so that's what's happening. And then finally it says, but when God pushes them out ahead of you, don't start thinking to yourselves, it's because of all the good I've done that God has brought me into, into here to dispossess these nations. Actually, it's because of all the evil these nations have done. Here's what it's saying, which I believe is for you. Hey, in the years ahead, when success you know, comes to you, when fruitfulness is, 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 is blossomed, don't, don't get prideful. Stay in the humility of, man, this is the grace of God. Because <laughs> be, it's amazing how you start humble, right? You know, but it's the staying humble that's a challenge. You know, we've got to continue to have a culture of humility because that's what God works through. Is that cool? Awesome. So hopefully that's for your church. If not, like I say, let it go and we'll move on, right? But I just felt God lay that 
on my heart. Now this scripture, it's a prophetic promise that God's speaking over his people through Moses. But he's speaking this promise over us individually today, right? And it's, he's encouraging us this. Faith conquers fear. Faith conquers fear. And, and I want to encourage you that it starts off by saying this very day you're going to cross the Jordan to enter the land and oust nations that are much bigger and stronger than you. So it's saying this very day, this very day. So I want to encourage you, what's limiting you? What's holding you back? What's, what's assailing you in your life? Hey, this very day God wants to deliver you. You know what? It's very hard to hear that. It's very hard to believe it, especially when you face something over a prolonged period. You know, so I can say to you today, hey, God can deliver you. Hey, God wants to bring breakthrough to your life. But you know what? When someone said that to me and I'd been a drug addict for 20 years and someone said that to me and I'd faced addiction for 20 years, it was difficult for me to comprehend that that could be true. You know, so the word of God is saying, hey, I want to bring you to breakthrough. And here's the other thing that's interesting about God is that, that God says today is the day, and today might be the day, right? You can get touched by God in an instant that something can break off, right? Or today you can start the journey of transformation. God does both. God does both, right? So you can, you can come on an order call, God can hit you, and you can be released from something instantaneously, or he can deliver you, but it will take a period of time. You're going to need to walk that thing out over years. And so when God says today the day of breakthrough is coming, the issue is that we frame that wrong. And so I want to encourage you, whatever you're facing, I don't know if your breakthrough is going to be instant or your breakthrough is going to be a journey, but either way, today's the day God wants to bring the breakthrough. Come on, do you believe it? Do you believe it? Hey, you know, I remember I had, um, from sharing needles, I contracted hepatitis C, right? And, uh, and I was this in the UK at the time, and uh, I kind of started to get, I was 25, I'd just, just become a Christian, I'd just got off drugs, and basically my face is breaking out and kind of this acne, like teenage acne. I'm thinking, man, I'm a, like a delayed developer or something, you know? And what it was is because I had this liver disease, and it was basically, you know, poisoning my body, right? So I go to the doctor, and it starts a whole journey, and so I need to get this treatment. So they said to me, hey, look, you're going to get this treatment, went to see a specialist nurse, and she gave me the list of side effects. It was a two pages of A4. You know, it was like your hair's going to fall out, right? Basically, you're going to be depressed. It just, you know, I read about the first three. I said, I just can't read anymore. I'm just trusting God, you know? And so I started this, this treatment called Interferon. The treatment now is way better. But back then, it was pretty barbaric. And so basically, I give you this treatment. You had to inject yourself with it, and it would make you feel really unwell. It's basically like a kind of like a chemo type of mild kind of chemo. And so I, I prayed. I just really sensed in God, I just need to pray. I was studying at uni at the time, and they said, you're probably not going to be able to complete your studies. You're going to need time out. Do you know what? I didn't have one single side effect. Nothing. I would go and see the mental health nurse, you know, each week and she would say, how are you? And I'd say, fine. And she'd be like, you know, like, you know, like, and, and she was saying to me, out of every patient I've ever had, no one has ever responded as well as you. And I said, yeah, it's, it's God. She goes, really? You know, and I was saying, yeah, my church is praying for me and that's what it is. And she's maybe it is because I've got no other, you know, explanation. Right? So God just, just did that. And then they told me after six months, oh, yeah, it's gone, but you need to keep getting checked for a year and a half. I knew it was gone. Came back a year and a half later, it's all gone, and now that's a distant memory. So in an instant, bang, God just took all the way, all the consequence of that, took away all the side effects. You know, everything was dealt with in an instant, right? But my journey to overcome anxiety, it's been the rest of my life. You know what I'm saying? 
So that thing, bang, got dealt with. But the journey of me needing to push through anxiety, like I could feel it when I was sitting here before I came up to speak, I could feel it trying to creep upon me, you know. So I'm speaking out, oh God, you're with me. I can do all things through you. I'm called by God, I'm anointed by God. You know, I've got to push that thing away by declaring the word of God. But what I'm trying to get through to you is some breakthroughs coming in an instant, but some are going to be a journey. But either way, God's delivering you. We love to celebrate the instant. We hate to celebrate the journey. You know, we love to celebrate. He got touched by Jesus, never used drugs again. And we hate to tell the story of the person who had to battle through over a period of years before they found their victory. But either way, God wants to deliver us. He just does it in his way, in his time. Come on. Do you believe it? Awesome. I love it. You know, it says in Galatians 6, 9, it says, Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So I want to encourage you. If you're believing for your breakthrough, go again. Go again. If you tried before, go again. I want to encourage you too that we need to make a decision which voice we listen to. You know, whether we're going to listen to the voice of faith or we're going to listen to the voice of fear. It says this, you've heard all about them. You've heard the saying, no one can stand against an Anakite. You know, it's so interesting. God's just said, right, you're going to cross the Jordan. You're going to decimate the cities of the enemy. You're going to be victorious. And then in the very same breath, out comes this line, but no one can stand against an Anakite. I want to say to you that every time God speaks some truth into your life, there's things I'm saying this evening, they're hitting your heart, you're receiving them, right? And as I say them, another voice is going to be speaking. The voice of the devil is going to be speaking against that voice of truth. Here's the problem. The voice of the devil often sounds like you're thinking. You hear what I'm saying? It's not like he goes, I am the devil. Or speaks like a creepy voice. Listen to me. You know, it's not like that. It sounds just like your voice. Just like your voice. So as it's coming in, this other voice begins to speak. And so we need to make a decision what voice we're going to listen to, you know. I've got a friend of mine, he opened a business during COVID, he absolutely believed it was God, he bought this bar, he felt it was God, he did it, and then immediately did it, lockdown after lockdown started to come, you know. And, and each lockdown has been increasingly more challenging to his faith. Now, he's got through everyone so far, right? And God's going to get him through all the others, because God called, called him to do that, right? But basically, he, as God is speaking, the devil is also speaking. You know, study that course. Then the voice will come, you're never going to pass. You know, you know, come on, come on. You can do this in spite of your anxiety. Don't leave the house today, it's too hard. You know, it's, as soon as the voice of faith comes, as soon as the voice of God comes, the voice of the devil comes. My wife Leah was praying one night before she went to sleep and she felt God say to her, hey, you know the voice of the accuser better than you know my voice. Ooh, ouch. I'm like, yeah, he's that you, not me. <laughs> but you hear what I'm saying? That, that's full on, hey? It so challenged me when she said it because I thought, probably me too. Probably me too, you know? And so I want to encourage you in what voice you're listening to. What are you tuning into? You know, the next voice talks about that God does the fighting, but then it also says we do. Right? So it puts it like this. Today, know this. God, your God, is crossing the river ahead of you. He's a consuming fire. And he will destroy the nations and put them under your power. Oh, I like the sound of that. Oh, but then it says, and you will oust them and very quickly wipe them out, just as God has promised you. So God is going to do it, yet we have something to do. Interesting. God's going to do a miracle, right? But I've got to somehow partner in that. I've got to somehow play my part in that, right? So whatever God wants to do in your life, yeah, he's going to do it, but only with your help. You know what I'm saying? You're going to have to have this partnership with God, this partnership 
with God. So, so God is saying, hey, I'm going to ultimately do it, but there's some actions that you need to take, some part, a part that you have to pray, play. So the Israelites had to play their part, which was basically, hey, we're going to trust God. Hey, we're going to believe God's going to help us. Hey, we're going to do some physical work of kind of ousting the enemy, you know. And there's people here today, you know, we, 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 we struggle, some of us struggle with you know, taking responsibility for our actions. So what I mean by that is God wants to do something, but we struggle to play our part. You know, we, we kind of go towards apathy or towards just kind of letting it be. And to us, God's saying, hey, step up now. Hey, play your part now. Hey, step out. Then there's others of us, and what we tend to do is not rely on God at all, but try and do everything in our own strength. You know, and that's me. That's, that's me. You know, I'm not an apathy person. I'm, I'm a too much action person. You know, I'm, 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 I'll do it, you know, and then I can't do it, and then I've got to go to God, you know. And so you can kind of go either side, but there's, there's, there's a middle ground on this, where God does his part and we do our part. Now, one thing I'm learning on this, this journey of partnering with God is that in everything I'm about to do, I need to kind of bring it before God in prayer. You know? So I used to go through my day and I'm dealing with problems, I'm dealing with issues, I'm speaking to different things at the Tenacious House or with the church. And I, I used to just run on self, basically. You know, I might pray a prayer in the morning, you know, spend some time with God in the morning, and then the rest of the day, basically, I'm in control. You know? <laughs> really, and then maybe at night I hand it back to God. You know, it doesn't work well when you're trying to do things for God, right? So I've learned, I've really got to pray before each thing I do, and so that's what I'm doing now. You know, each, each challenge I face at work, each challenge I face in my marriage, each challenge I face in my parenting, I'm really praying and I'm saying, hey, God, would you help me? Would you help me? And it's incredible, it's incredible how easier things are when I bring God into it, you know? You know, now I, I spend time with God each morning, and the reason I do that is because I know my day will go better. It isn't because I, 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 I long to do it, right? It's because I know that when I do it, it will just go better, my day. So now what I'm doing is all through my day I'm doing that. You know, so for each thing I face, I'm learning to bring God into that. And it's incredible that when I do, God rocks up in an incredible way. You know, solve situations I could have never solved. I'm around a table trying to work something out. Someone else comes up the idea. I go, well, let's do what he said that, or she said that. Perfect. It's incredible the supernatural favor that happens when you give things to God, and you let God do his part, but, when, you know, but then we also have to play our part. You know? and, and, and one thing with prayer is you know, we can be praying and we're believing, right? So you, know, so you can come to church, right? You're sick and you pray this faith-filled prayer. Like, God, I just believe you're going to heal me. God, I believe this breakthrough. And you've got people around you saying, amen. You, lift, you launch this massive balloon of faith that begins to go up to, to heaven. You know? We're believing together. We're together. And you go into your week and you're like, I feel so bad. and I'm sure it's getting worse. You know, I, I feel just terrible. And you're actually speaking against your prayer. You're actually speaking the converse to your prayer. Because we think God hears me when I pray, but he doesn't hear the other things I say. Like, get a load of that. So, God hears what I say and God hears my prayer. What's the difference between the two things? I'd say there's no difference. God takes it all as a prayer. Maybe that's what it means when it says pray without ceasing. You know, several times in the Bible it talks about prayer without ceasing. Well, how can you pray without ceasing? What you just, Jesus, you know, hold through the day. No, it doesn't mean that. It means everything you say lines up with your prayer. That you don't pray, then undo your prayer with the rest of the things you say. You, know, you might be believing for breakthrough in a loved one's life. I'm believing. God's going to set them free. I'm believing for breakthrough. Then all week you gossip about how terrible they are. 
You know what I'm saying? You're complaining and moaning about them. So here's my prayer, and now I'll undo my prayer. So it's like you, you, you pray up goes the balloon, then your words through the week shoot down your very own balloon. Come on. Hear what I'm saying? Come on. Is this making sense? So we need to release that balloon of prayer, right? And then all week we need to line up with, with that prayer. You know, be careful that we're not shooting down our own balloon. Come on, people. I know I'm speaking to someone. You know, God fights for us, but we've got to fight too. This is a partnership, right? And just finally, I want to say this. It finally talks about this, this, this kind of pride that can come after breakthrough, you know. So God wants to deliver you. God wants to bring you into breakthrough, right? God's, God's saying today's the day he's going to begin to do that, right? He's either going to touch you in an instant, you're going to be set free, or he's going to start you on a journey to freedom, right? But then we need to be careful the other side of breakthrough that we don't get pride, prideful. It says this, verse 4. But when God pushes them out ahead of you, don't start thinking to yourselves, it's because of all the good I've done that God has brought me in here to dispossess these nations or to you know, come into this breakthrough. Actually, it's because of all the evil these nations have done. It would be great if the band could, could, could come up. You know, when I was this broken down, end of the road, you know, heroin addict, and I prayed this prayer, and I, and I surrendered to God. And really, when I prayed the prayer, it was really that God just arrested me. Do you know what I mean? So I'm, I'm, I'm just in a detox, and in comes this priest or you know, chaplain, shares something, and, and against my will, it penetrates my heart. So it wasn't like I'm like, I'm willing. I had no willingness, right? Outside of myself, God came in and arrested me, right? Then I go, then I begin to be stirred, and I go to this rehab, and I meet this, meet this guy, and he tells me the gospel, and I meet someone else, he introduces me to his pastor, and I pray this prayer, and, 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 and I surrender to God, right? So basically, for me, I was so at the end of my road, I was at this, so this place of rock bottom, that it was very easy for me to say, hey, God, would you take over? God, would you take over? So God breaks into my life, right? So my life literally goes from this, you know, washed up addict. I'm talking about crime, talking about estranged family, all these issues. And then my life just starts to go like this as I surrender it. So as I give it to God, my life just begins to go like this. And within a few years, I'm now studying at university and all my family are restored and I look completely different and everything's kind of going off in my life. And I started, I'd always been around other recovering people. You know, I got a hold of early on the journey that I needed to be around other people who were further on than me. So I was always around people in recovery. And I was also always kind of carrying the message to people who were, were on the journey to recovery. And, and, and you know what happened was I started to get really frustrated with people who would come around, would ask questions, but wouldn't get stay clean. People kept relapsing. I was like, oh, what's wrong with these people? They just should do what I did. Just need to do what I did. The problem was I didn't do anything. Hear what I'm saying? I didn't do anything, right? But I'm now, three years on, thinking, what's wrong with you? Come on. You need to go to meetings and you need to go to church and you need to really let go and you need to get rid of those numbers and you've got to drop that girlfriend that keeps on taking you back into drugs. And I just think, what's wrong with these people? Come on. Man, the pride that so easily comes after success. You know what I mean? Like the humility of brokenness launched me into this great life with God. But now I know some stuff. Craziness. Insanity. Guess what? I helped no one in that period of time. I'm telling everybody, this is what you need to do. What's wrong with you? Be like me. Help no one. Help no one. Until I got back to the place of, and I just can't do this. 
I never did in the first place. I can't keep doing it. The grace of God called me. The grace of God saved me. The grace of God is using me, right? You know, when I got into that place, guess what? People started coming to the party. People started coming, hey, I want to know more about your God. Hey, I want to know more about this. How I'm open to what you did. Incredible. So I want to encourage you that we need to be so careful that we don't get into a place where we're actually in pride. You know, where God does deliver us and then we want to tell you the 10 steps to being free. You know, it's amazing. It's when people come to you, I'll tell you the 12 steps to how we built a great church. Yeah, the issue was you didn't know them when you were doing them. You know, or, or let me tell you how I built this incredible corporation, the seven steps to my success. Yeah, the issue was you didn't know them when you were taking them. Hear what I'm saying? Everyone can talk with hindsight. This is what you do. The issue was you didn't do it. It happened to you as an experience. It unfolded. You were at the right place, the right time, with the right people, with God guiding you. Hear what I'm saying? So, man, we need to stay grounded in that place. This is Jesus. This is Jesus. If we do anything, we just surrender. <laughs> we just come and say, I can't do it, God. And God grabs us, picks us up, come on, and launches us into a destiny. Do you believe it?